welcome to Board Game Binge. The place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Tomas and Christina from Lemery Games. Lemur Games strives to incorporate bits and pieces of their travels into every single game they publish. Their newest title, Bag Chow, is currently on Kickstarter. Guys, welcome to the binge. How are you? Thank you so much, James, for having us. We are oh. doing really, really well. Hey, everyone. How are you? I do. Well, it's fantastic to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on here. You've got such a cool story and oh man, we're going to get through <laughs> it in this next 30 minutes. First and foremost, it is obviously nighttime where you guys are. Uh, it's very dark yeah. in the background. Can you tell us <laughs> where, where are you right now? So, well, at, at this moment we are in Greece, it's 1am. Wow. So yeah. And originally we are from Hungary, but Sometimes we work from other countries, and that's also how we get the idea for our games. Wow, that's amazing. So you travel quite a bit. Um, <laughs> what is it that, that brings you to travel? Is this like with work, or is it just you guys love to just see parts of the world? Or how, how did this all kind of come about? Yeah, actually, I think it goes all the way back when, when we met in high school. Like we were schoolmates. And with a group of students, we also traveled a lot during high school and after that. And after yeah, I think years, it started with ski camps, no, ski with camps. School, school ski camps, yeah. And, and uh, we and just then, fell in love with the environment that other places have, yeah. and and we just realized that our first trip was also in Greece when we traveled together with the friends. With your friends, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we just returned. We came back to the origins. Wow. And then what is the, um, like, you've got this whole kind of philosophy, right? Where you're trying to take parts of your different travels and incorporate them into your game design and things like that. How did you guys get into game design in the first place? Like, have you been gaming a long time? Is this something you did as a couple or like, what kind of got you into the industry? I, th I think we started uh, playing games when we were friends, like with, with, with friends usually and family. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing started uh, during COVID when we were <laughs> stuck at home under lockdown and we couldn't do anything else, only just maybe some home dream at home or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and that, that was the time when I think we came up with the idea then let's just design a game for our friends first of all that we can play together once we get together yeah um and i think what we missed also it was it was traveling because we couldn't travel for like one and a half or two years Yeesh. so we wanted to combine our hobbies in a way because you know like most of the game designers need some inspiration so we took it from our travels because i think usually many adventures happen and many exciting stories we have from our travel so we try to use them as inspiration for the games so chili mafia was the the first title you guys launched on kickstarter um very vibrant cards it, it just looked like a lot of fun congrats on uh, on your fulfill of uh you know funding that so you guys had i think it was 734 backers over thirty six thousand dollars. if i put in canadian dollars great great turnout for your first game was that the very, very first title you guys had or was there other games you created that you just didn't launch or, or how did that kind of come about? I think we get this question quite a lot, right? How the name came. <laughs> no, like, yeah, it was our very first title. 
And um, we, the idea just came when we were at home with Christina and started designing a game as we got into game design. And we sat down with some regular cards, playing cards, and started putting them down and eventually just started. And then we came up with the name that first one morning I was at home. I remember I was telling Christina, let's do a game with chili peppers because they, they sound so cool. <laughs> and then I came back and Christina said like, okay, what about Mafia, Chili Mafia, because it's, it's even cooler. So let's, let's try that one. So, yeah. and then we kept on playing and playing and then came the idea of uh, gangs because there are chili gangs in this game, which have to make. And yeah. And uh, it, it was quite fun okay. because um, I think we in a, we, we've been in Mexico and I think we took that for an inspiration. And many mm -hmm. people asked us whether the game design came first or the title came first. Yeah. And for us, it was the title. That's hilarious. So it starts off yeah. with a, uh, a title and then it was created a game from there. We recently did that on our current uh, Kickstarter uh, planting evidence. Exact same thing. I thought this idea of just planting evidence on somebody would be such a cool idea. And then Adam and I actually reverse engineered and created the game from that, uh, starting off with the name, right? So it's kind of cool to see other people do something similar. Say, you know, here's a cool name and we think there's something here. Let's see how <laughs> we can kind of evolve this into a, a game that a lot of people have fun. I and mean, clearly a lot of people will have fun with this game since it uh, funded on Kickstarter. How's the fulfillment for that coming along for you guys? Because this just closed, I think, was it six months ago or a little bit longer? Last August. Yeah, it was last the, August. Okay, that long ago. It's almost a year. August. Yeah, and uh, we we finished fulfillment just a few weeks ago. Oh, congratulations! <laughs> Thank yeah, you. yeah, it was it was a tough one. Like uh, we had quite many issues. Like we we had to face a scam for the down payment we made for the manufacturer. Oh, geez. Then yeah. <laughs> then afterwards, five carton boxes went missing at the fulfillment center in the U.S which then we had to remanufacture within like a really short notice to the manufacturer. No. The so, factory was under COVID yeah. lockdown for a month or so. So like so many things that you can imagine happened. <laughs> but I think overall, uh, we are really happy that we yeah. could we could keep the deadline or we could keep the promised date. And yeah. uh, most of our backers got the game uh, in the end of May or beginning of June. It's probably better. I mean, it's, it's not going to sound better, but it's probably better that you had all these trials and tribulations when you went through your first campaign, right? Because they're all learnings, right? They help you learn, okay, next yeah. time we do it, how can we better, you know, position ourselves? You know, how can we avoid things like email yeah. scams? How can we avoid, uh, I know off, off air, we had been talking about printing issues and stuff like that. How do we, you know, avoid those issues? And, you know, how do we um, make sure we've got enough inventory? So if, if you know, some inventory grows legs or falls off the back of the truck, we, we can still fulfill our obligations to our backers. So these are all things yeah. that you kind of sometimes have to learn yourself and, and learn the hard way, right? Yeah, exactly. Definitely. And I think before launching this campaign, uh, Backtail on Kickstarter, we just collected all the lessons learned from the yeah. previous campaign on a board. And now we have all the notes, uh, what, what to think about before the campaign, uh, how to prepare for the campaign and whatever could go wrong or whatever went wrong, we want to get prepared next time. So when did you guys travel to Nepal? Was this recently or was it a while ago? Or That was just before COVID hit in 2019. Yeah, And actually, it also comes 
to the series of games we are making because mm-hmm. Chili Mafia is the first game we are making in what we call the Globetrotter game series. So for every game, we make players travel to that certain country with our games. So for instance, uh, with Chili Mafia, we have this suitcase box with a passport inside, which is the rule book. And then you have to fight with the chili peppers in Mexico. And then for the next game, which is going to be about Nepal, players will be on a humanitarian mission traveling to Nepal uh, because they had an earthquake there in 2015. Mm. So in this game, we ask players to rebuild the city because when we were there in 2019, we were really shocked to see that all the buildings are still demolished after the earthquake and we we felt connected to to this country and to the city uh so that's why we wanted to bring this inspiration to our next game oh wow yeah and, then... and while we were working on uh, reviving Kathmandu so the next game in the Glotator game series that was the time when we found you found the, the article in the Kathmandu post about Bakchal which is really interesting because uh, when we were in Nepal in Kathmandu like um, walking around the city on one market there was a, a local guy who just approached us and uh, showed us Bakchal on the market this this Nepalese game uh, and we learned to play there, basically. Yeah. And when we came home, I remember when uh, we met with Tamash's uh, family and he just drew the the board, the backchild board and a napkin to show them how to play it. And we tried it then. But I don't know why, but we just, I don't know, just forgot about it for a while. And then when you stumbled upon on that article in Kathmandu Post while doing your research on, on the next game, it was basically, yeah, it was surprising for yeah, us to see that uh, like this really game. struck us that this game is like, we really enjoyed it. It's, we had a connection to this game. We were there. Our next game is about Nepal. So let's do something about this. Like we cannot let a game go extinct as it goes in the Kathmandu post. So that's when we decided to to do a Kickstarter before our next game to, to help this game uh, to reach more people around the world. So why because it's most unknown within? Yeah. Yeah. Why is the game going extinct though? Like, so how does the game go extinct? So the as the post as the Kathmandu post article goes is that newer generations are not so much interested in mm. Nepal to play the game because it was mostly played in the streets by older generations and now uh, uh, kids in schools they hang out on their phones, they play online games uh, just like anywhere else. And outside of Nepal, the game was not not really known. So if locally people are stopping to play it, then they they were afraid that it might go extinct. And then this because it's not known elsewhere. Yeah, and this game, when you're playing it, it's literally and I'll show for people who are watching live um, or even on the replay. There, there's a great picture on your Kickstarter page where it shows um, you know the locals playing the game and it's literally with uh, you know the the um, the goats are, are small pebbles right and the yeah. tigers are large rocks so you can literally play this anywhere you get a you know yeah. rock and you kind of carve some lines on on a stone or on a walkway and you know drop some pebbles and some rocks down and you can start playing this game. So I can imagine if it's uh, a game that is not necessarily published, so to speak, traditionally, but it's just something you're playing in the streets. Uh, it can, as people evolve into other countries or, you know, take off and, you know, do their own kind of lives, 
they may not look back to some of the things they may have done when they were kids and that can yeah. kind of get lost, I guess, in time. Right. And if they're not then taking that same game to other countries with them when they're traveling and leaving, then it's going to eventually disappear. I guess kind of like languages can in, in some ways. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And this game is, is more than 2000 years old. Yeah. So, <laughs> it it reminds me of a lot of a game that, uh, there that you see on Roman. Um, if, if you look at any Roman ruins, often there's the, and I can't remember the name of the game, but the Romans would often play it uh, quite a bit. And the same thing, they would draw like lines on uh, the closest stone. You'd often have uh, the military when they're on campaigns and, you know, stopping for a period of time, you know, archeologists are finding these ruins where they can see these boards that have been just basically carved into the local rock. And, and, you know, people are playing with like pebbles and, and, and lines. Right. So it's, it's to me something I love to see uh, how, old games are or the idea of gaming is right and you know when even archaeologists are going into ancient uh tombs either whether it be in china or or egypt time and time again they're finding games right like ancient board games and it's cool when people like yourself say hey how can we make sure this has a modern life and have you know modern audiences uh give this a try The problem is, is, is a lot of times the, the, the rules are passed on through order of mouth, right? And so yeah, if you yeah. don't have rules written down and you go several generations where people haven't played or you find something in a tomb, yeah. you know, trying to reverse engineer to how to play that game might be actually even impossible in some regards. So actually that's also how Bakchal evolved. Like the, the story yeah. goes that shepherds used to take uh, the cattle and goats in the pasture lands of Kathmandu and tigers used to attack them and that's how they came up with the idea that they could they should mimic this somehow in a game to try to outsmart the tigers yeah so that's how that's how it started and then it evolved to a game and it, it was all word of mouth and I gotta imagine if you're herding goats and you're in a field and you need to pass time you know what better way to do that than to uh to do it through through game and entertainment right yeah <laughs> that's crazy. And it's amazing the people's positivity right that they had some attacks from tigers and they made a game out of it so yeah just to find a positive part of life or something <laughs> like that so this is something that i always admire yeah as look at your video on kickstarter page that'd be terrifying <laughs> see yeah. a pride of tigers coming your way to take your goats out hopefully you're not one of those pebbles so let's talk a little bit about the game itself. So how do you, can you describe kind of with words how you would play this game for someone who's maybe not watching the visuals but listening to the podcast and the audio version? Yeah, sure. So the, the game is pretty simple and that's why also we love it. You have these um, intersections on the board, actually. I, can... I have it on the screen here. <laughs> so you have yep. these lines all across. So it's an abstract strategy game. You have all these lines crossing and you have four tigers and 20 goats. The way the game goes is that you put all four tigers in the four corners of the board. And that's where the starting point for tigers. The other player is going to become the goats. And the gold player goes first by placing one token anywhere on the board they like to an intersection. And then the tiger player just moves. And the goats keep on arriving on the board actually while tigers are moving around and if a goat makes a mistake by leaving one space across uh, 
a tiger like they can jump over them if there is an empty space on the other side almost like checkers and they just okay yeah exactly and they just eat eat the, eat the goat and once five goats are eaten then the tigers win but if the tigers are trapped so that they cannot move at all then the the goats would win and it's actually played in two phases so in phase one the goats are arriving and tigers can already start eating them if they can <laughs> and once they arrive then phase two begins when when uh, goats are also going to move around and that's how they try to trap the tigers and while they're moving the tigers are trying to eat them so it's it's, it's pretty simple but i mean the rules really rules are pretty simple but yeah. um, based on our experience the more you play the more complex it gets because you start to realize the strategies yeah. or what you did well or what you didn't do well in the previous round and then it's gonna be a game that you want to play over and over again because from every round you learn something and then yeah. you're gonna get better oh it's super it's cool it's pretty easy to learn but really hard to master that's yeah, yeah. That's is the there one side that is stronger than the other like is it easier to play as the goats or as the tigers yeah that's a great question so at first you will find that tigers are easier to play but if you play more games you probably will say that goats are easier and then it might change back to tigers so that's the beauty of it that once <laughs> you keep learning mm -hmm. uh, it changes and in the end you will see that they are quite equal and then with the the other thing I was looking at, like all the visuals and so forth on the page where you have, so the, a tiger is basically trapped and removed from the board once it's fully surrounded by goats. Um, so you need uh, essentially, I guess, eight goats to surround a tiger. So what happens when you get down to seven goats? Is it, is the game over at that point or? So you, uh, if five goats are captured, then the game is over. Five goats are captured, the game is over. Yeah. Got it. That's cool. It, it, it's super like it is awesome that you guys have taken this game and said you know what let's bring this to the masses the other thing i thought was really cool about your campaign is you've got this pledge what you want um can you can you talk to me about that like that seems highly risky yeah. but i don't know maybe not like how did how did you manage yeah. that so you know when we we came up with the idea to put to list this game on Kickstarter, we wanted to make it really accessible for everyone as the main goal was to raise awareness of this game yeah. and to preserve it for future generations. So we kept thinking, okay, what shall we say? Shall we say seven bucks? Shall we say 10? Like we didn't really want to give it a price. So we instead we decided that, okay, let's, let's give backers the ability to choose what the game is worth to them and the cause like mm -hmm. and but yes it was risky it was risky and i think we had some dreamless dreamless nights uh, because of course <laughs> nightmares there, there's the cost associated to the game and um we expected that there are gonna be some backers who only play the minimum but i think that's fine because the main aim is to is to really raise awareness and to get this yeah. game out in the world and many people to get to know the game yeah. but luckily the, the kickstarter community is amazing and yeah. uh, i think most of the people played uh, or, or pledged a really really fair price so i think um it, it's it's amazing that we can trust people to value the game and the creators as well yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and then your shipping is $3. Yeah. 
anywhere in the world. Yeah. How so do you manage the shipping? other tricky one? Like how? Yeah. Like, I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's again a good question. So when designing the game components, like again, accessibility to the game in terms of price, one of the key factors was to get shipping down to the minimum. So the way we did that is we designed the components in a way that it's it's really it's like 1.4 ounces okay. in weight. So it's really lightweight. So it can it can be sent with the basic shipping for uh, for such a price. For all around the world or to all around, to all the, around world. the world. Yes. Yeah. And also like we really wanted to make it travel friendly because like coming from our story, it does make sense to make games which are travel friendly as well. And uh, yeah, also for the shipping, it, it made sense to to minimize the weight. And are you shipping it straight from, like, are you going to fulfillment centers or is everything shipping straight from China? No, we are shipping straight ourselves from Europe. From Europe? So it's going to, yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's, uh, oh man, it, I, I am speechless. You know, it's, Clearly, there's a lot of people that are rooting for you because, I mean, if I look at this, your goal was $1,000. You're already at, you know, almost $11,000. Uh, so, you know, obviously this has gone uh, gone well. You still have another seven days to go. So you're probably going to have a good finish to the campaign. Um, you know, the fact that you'll ship this anywhere in the world, I, I think it, it's it's got a lot of good... Um, aspects to it you know going beyond kind of you know value for the kickstarter backers but you know certainly just kind of i think introducing people to a cultural element from nepal is there any way this is integrating back into nepal like is there anything you're doing on the nepal side as it relates to this game or maybe local distribution or things like that or yeah uh, so we had the contact with the journalists from the Kathmandu Post who also put us in touch with Mr. Sagar Maharjan, who you can see in the video also on Kickstarter. Yeah, He's one of the local champions in Kathmandu. And we are going to give them copies of the game. And also we recently reached out to, to schools in Nepal so that we can also promote the their local game among the students because that's what the fear was that younger generations are not playing. So perhaps if they get a fresh design of the game, yeah, they they might start playing it again. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. And then the prints, I see that you've got prints as add-ons. Is that like, are these prints from Nepal or where did the prints come from? So it's it's like from the game design. It's it's uh, okay. our artist, Yvette. Uh, she she made these prints. She's really amazing. Like she she did the graphic design for Chili Mafia as well, and for Bakcha also. And from the Bakcha board, she used the elements to to create the prints. Yeah, it is uh, it, it is beautiful. I've got a picture of her on the screen here too, so people can see her if they want to follow some of her work as well. So, <laughs> I mean, you mentioned that there was another game you were working on. Um, while you came up with this one, what is this other game you're working on? Is that coming next? Like, is that the next campaign for you guys? And what's that all about? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after Bactal and after fulfilling Bactal, we are like turning our ways back to the Globetrotter game series and uh, continuing the journey to Nepal, basically. So all the Tilly Mafia backers will travel now to, to Nepal. Uh, and uh, also we are planning that game to come in a suitcase and uh, the rulebook will also look like a passport. So I think that's something that will be always common uh, among the games in the Globetrotter game series. And um, yeah, what Thomas told in the very beginning, that the aim of the game will be to rebuild the city of Kathmandu. It will be also uh, a card game, very similar to Chile Mafia. And um, what we already know is that it's going to be from two to six players, uh, most probably, because, you know, like the rules can yeah, always change. Game, so. <laughs> but we have a fair prototype, I would say. So um, we, all, we also have some uh, prototype uh, testers who are usually playing the game and who are helping us um, with new ideas and uh, letting us know the big mistakes. So we are learning from them as well. And uh, some of them already told us that it's like 80% ready. So we are good with it. And we are we already started to design the graphics. So whoever loves uh, Nepal and these uh, Eastern Asian type of uh, graphic design and uh, and culture, then yeah. I'm pretty yes. sure that they are Statues, going to love the game. Temples, it's going to be all that. It, how have you approached um, the design kind of while you travel? Like, do you have like a little mini developer kit that you use when you're traveling? Like, because imagine you, you always want to pack light. So, you know, when, when you're out, you know, on your travels and you get inspired, you know, maybe go back to the hotel or wherever you're staying. Like, is that at the point when you're, you're designing or are you just taking notes and waiting until you get back home? Like, how does that whole process work for you guys? Well, if, uh, if uh, a, a slice of paper and a pen uh, <laughs> act as a game design kit, then we would say yes. So usually we, <laughs> we put our ideas and maybe we draw some of ideas on a paper and a pen. We just uh, brainstorm about it with Tomas. And sometimes we even use like basic cards and mm. um, yeah, give them a role basically for the game and start playing the game uh, with those cards. And then we add some graphic designs yeah, to that. Sometimes we have an idea straight when we are somewhere like in a spot in a, in a square or whatever, but if not, like if we are sitting at home trying to come up with the game, we also look at our pictures that we took and that, that helps. That's cool. Do you, are you able to get locals to play your games with you? Like when you're, when you're traveling, do you, do you try to pull any, any local people in to say, Hey, I've got this idea. What do you think? And, and get them playing or. Well, for example, for Chile Mafia, we didn't because uh, first we came up with the idea and during COVID and we designed the game yeah. and uh, we also had the chance to go back to Mexico and then we played the game, the ready game with one of our backers, which was basically amazing just yeah. that he was one of the guys who helped us bring this project to life and yeah. we were sitting on a, next to a table and playing Chili Mafia with him so it was really great. Um, with Kathmandu, with reviving Kathmandu, for sure no, because at that time when we were in Kathmandu we had no clue that we are going to do game design in the future so that yeah. was not in the plans at that time, but probably for any upcoming game it might happen. Yeah. yeah. So since we are in Greece, maybe we will have some inspiration here as well. And for Bag Chow, the reverse, right? The locals got you to yeah. play their game. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> is there any So thought... there's like no better Yeah, is there any thought around taking other ancient games that have are kind of 
getting lost in, in trying to bring them kind of into the modern world? Have you looked at other games from other cultures at all, or is this kind of like a one-off? Like we, we really focused on Bakcha for now, okay. but um, as we are doing games based off of our travels, as, as we will be traveling in the future, we will surely look at uh, games from, from those countries because we always want to link it to a country that we have seen and we could uh, immerse with the culture a bit and that's how we get the, the real feeling. Yeah. So yeah, we'll definitely look into other games as well, that's like ancient games. Well, I want to wish you all the best on this campaign. It, it looks awesome. And uh, good for you guys to <laughs> say, you. you know what? People give what you want to give and what you think it's worth and uh, and you can have a copy. And, uh, you know, clearly people are, are giving because you, you've gone way beyond your goal and you're going to probably land in a very happy place. If people want to follow these journeys, do you have some kind of like Instagram page or, or, or vlog that uh, you do in your travels that people can kind of follow along and, and watch this journey? Yeah, we definitely have an Instagram page. It's at Lemery Games, so it's not uh, it's not so difficult to remember. So that that's the Instagram page where we usually post uh, about our stories and sometimes about our travels as well. Um, we also have a website, so whoever wants to get in touch with us can write us an email or even subscribe to our newsletter that we send uh, quite often, so at least once a month. Um, but usually we post most of the the important information on Kickstarter updates as well. So. We try to inform backers first and yeah. and then uh, then everybody else well certainly if people want to check out this campaign they can see the link in the show notes to the kickstarter page or if you go to kickstarter and just do a search for a bag chow i'm going to spell it because it's got a different spelling so b-a-g-h then c-h-a-l uh on kickstarter you'll find this uh, campaign again they're not asking for a lot they're only asking for what you think it's worth so I encourage people to check out the page and see what you guys have done here. It's, uh, it's super exciting and I'm excited for you. I want to wish you all the best <laughs> this coming year. You take care. Thank you Thanks so much, much, James, for having us. All right, Thank cheers. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> this has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel, Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.